Inside ADHD is ADHD Family's official podcast that provides parents with current research about ADHD and strategies for helping their children. ADHDfamilies.ca is a resource website for parents of children who have ADHD. All of the resources have been evaluated by experts in the field of ADHD, so parents can feel confident that they are receiving trustworthy information. For more information, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. Welcome to Inside ADHD. I'm Krista Forand. I'm a registered psychologist at the CanLearn Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today's topic for our episode is the importance of getting a proper ADHD diagnosis. Because some people may be wondering, well, is it even worth going through that process? What is sort of going to be the outcome of that process of getting assessed? And is it worthwhile? So that's something that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Before we get into that, I have a couple announcements. There's um, some exciting news to announce. You can now contact us. So we do have an email address set up. And it is adhdfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. So adhdfamilies at c-a-n-l-e-a-r-n s-o-c-i-e-t-y dot c-a. So the reason why we've set this up is because we would love to hear from our listeners and know what topics you would like to learn more about um, on our podcasts um, so that the information that we provide is relevant to your daily life either as as a parent or an individual who's dealing with ADHD. We also want to know specifically what questions you have, or maybe your children have, because it's very likely that you're not the only one asking those questions. And many others will benefit from your questions, as they probably have similar questions or concerns of their own. So we do encourage you to send your suggestions for topic ideas, for things that you'd like to hear on future episodes. Uh, Please keep in mind, however, that we cannot provide advice or clinical intervention to individuals, so please do not send questions about specific people. These questions will not be answered. Um, Please remember that if you do have specific questions or concerns about yourself or your child, visit a professional in your area to best determine what kind of supports or strategies are needed. But if you have more general questions or topic suggestions, then please do send them to us at adhdfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. 
The other announcement I wanted to make is coming up in October, which seems far away, but it'll probably come sooner than we think, is ADHD Awareness Month. And this is a time of year where many organizations and agencies work hard to increase awareness about ADHD and dispel myths about it that are still quite common in our culture. So during the month of October, we would like to get our listeners involved through, um, throughout ADHD Awareness Month to contribute to our podcasts. And specifically, we want listeners to consider and answer three different questions. And the questions are, how do you bring awareness um, about ADHD? What myths or myth about ADHD has been busted for you? How has that changed your approach to yourself or your child and to life in general? So basically, what have you learned about ADHD that you didn't know before or what myth was sort of dispelled for you? And how did it change you? And the last question is, how do you advocate for yourself or your child who might have ADHD? And this one necessarily doesn't mean that you're always disclosing the ADHD to everyone you meet, and we do have an earlier podcast episode about disclosing your diagnosis, but it might simply mean how do you stand up for yourself, assert yourself in certain situations, knowing that you might need certain supports or certain accommodations or adaptations that will help you be more successful um, and have better functioning in your daily life or for your child. So it's not necessarily about disclosing, but more just about advocacy. So consider those questions. I'll repeat them again. How do you bring awareness um, about ADHD? What myth about ADHD has been busted for you? How has that changed your approach to yourself or your child and to life in general? And how do you advocate either for yourself or your child, or perhaps both? So think about those, and please feel free to email your answers to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. And we'll start collecting those now, all the way until into November, or sorry, October even. And during ADHD Awareness Month, which is in October, I'll share those answers during our various podcast episodes, and the answers will be shared anonymously. And this will really give an opportunity for you to reflect on how you may have grown uh, in your understanding of ADHD and how this understanding may have helped to make positive changes in your life and in the life of your child or your family in general. And families who are relatively new to the ADHD diagnosis and who may be just beginning to learn about it may also be inspired to hear how other families who maybe are further along in their journey have grown throughout the process of coming to understand um, their family member's diagnosis. So again, you can email those answers to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca and we'll also have those three questions posted on the ADHD Families website so if you forgot them, you can go there and check them as well. So on to today's topic is basically trying to talk about why it's important to have a diagnosis in the first place. 
or why is it important to even go for an assessment to determine whether or not you or perhaps your child may have ADHD in the first place. So the first point I'd like to make is to know the importance uh, of getting the diagnosis is to know exactly what you're dealing with so that you can treat it. Um, and I'll kind of talk about what I mean here. Some children and adults who have attention problems may present to others in their lives, family members, teachers, co-workers, as if they have depression or anxiety. And they themselves and the people around them may not realize, right away at least, that the cause of the depression or the anxiety is ADHD. Now that's not always the case, but in the case of when it is, it's important to get an accurate diagnosis because you need to understand what the root causes of your problems. So I'll give an example. If a teen presents as having test anxiety and also worries about her performance in school in general, after being assessed, maybe it's realized that she experiences this anxiety because whenever she's preparing for test, tests, she's easily distracted and has difficulty staying focused long enough to adequately memorize the material that's needed to demonstrate her knowledge on the test. This can contribute to overall anxiety about school performance and even things like worrying about the future and future successes. So, in that case, you have to understand what the cause of the anxiety is. And if it's because a person is disorganized, can't get their tasks done, they're always running late, then it's better to consider, perhaps, that ADHD is the root cause of that anxiety. Now, with that being said, it's very important to also understand that true anxiety disorders can also exist along with ADHD. And so if that is the case, then both should be um, diagnosed and treated. But it is common that many individuals, uh, particularly adults, might end up getting diagnosed with, say, anxiety or depression because um, they haven't necessarily described their problems in detail to the professional who's working with them, and they, they, neither of them have gotten to the root cause that it's the chronic disorganization, time management, and planning problems that this person has that are contributing to symptoms of anxiety and depression. So that's why I think it's important to know exactly what you're dealing with so you can treat it. The second reason why getting a, di a diagnosis is important is to learn more about the disorder and how it presents specifically in yourself or your child so you know how to treat it. And this ultimately, the reason why this is important, is to improve quality of life. Now we've already talked about it in previous episodes, people with ADHD can be quite different from each other in what their strengths and their challenges are and the way that symptoms present within themselves. We also know there's uh, the different presentations of ADHD or, or what used to be called subtypes. So some people have more of that inattentive presentation, 
Some people have more of a combined presentation where there's inattentive symptoms, but there's also impulsivity, hyperactivity, things like physical restlessness. Some people have more of that than the inattentive. Some people have additional learning disabilities. Other individuals might have ADHD and be gifted. And on top of that, they might have additional mental health concerns. And personality factors can also play a role. So knowing what ADHD is and what isn't comes with learning more about the disorder and how it affects your child. And this can be um, a great help when parents are trying to understand their child's behavior and ways of managing it within the home setting. Because once you have a better understanding of what ADHD is and how it presents itself in your child, you can start to make changes that lead to improved quality of life for your child and your family. So I'll just give an example. Say there's an inattentive teenager who does not necessarily display the impulsive or the hyperactive symptoms. Um, so for many years has been sort of left on his own to complete homework. But after learning more about ADHD and perhaps getting a diagnosis, the teen's parents may realize that even though the teen appears to be sitting and doing his homework, the quality of the work has been suffering because he's been having difficulty staying focused, organizing his tasks, and managing his time. So the parents then decide to provide more support to their son when he's completing homework and this then contributes to increased self-confidence and perhaps a increase in, in increase in his grades as well. So this is an example of how knowing, uh, having the diagnosis and then knowing more about the disorder or having education around it can help improve quality of life. The third point I'd like to make is that assessment and receiving a diagnosis can actually have a therapeutic benefit. So even though throughout the course of that process of having an assessment, there may not actually be an intervention or therapy happening yet, because there's still the professionals and the family are still trying to figure out what's going on, near the end of that process, knowing what it actually is or what to call it, naming the thing that has been causing the individual and the family stress may actually lead to empowerment for the family and for the child or the individual who has ADHD. Because this allows people to stop blaming the child for those symptoms or perhaps parents uh, not blaming themselves for perhaps thinking that they're poor parents. So knowing that what you're dealing with allows you to enter into a phase of accepting that ADHD is a reality in you or your child's life. It may also allow parents then to be more patient and understanding with their children, which is a really great starting point for starting to treat the ADHD, having patience and understanding. And ultimately, knowing what you're dealing with allows you and your child to develop self-advocacy skills, which means that you're going to stand up for your child or yourself, and they're going to learn to stand up for themselves. So an example could be a family, perhaps, maybe, who's dealing with a lot of parent-child conflict. There's a lot of arguing in the home. 
Perhaps they see a decrease in um, arguing when they receive the ADHD diagnosis because the child's parents, parents stopped viewing their child's ADHD symptoms as deliberate behaviors and instead worked with the child to develop strategies to address some of the problems that were causing the arguments in the first place. So for example, perhaps the parents of the child created a visual plan for morning routines so that there would be less arguing between the child and the parents and stress getting out the door on, on time. Um, and other things to consider when actually visiting a professional for an ADHD assessment or if you're wondering if ADHD is the right fit to call sort of the problems that you or your child may be experiencing. Just a few things to consider. The first point is technically there are no actual ADHD tests. The diagnostic criteria for ADHD, which we've gone through in previous episodes, are very behavioral, which means the professional assessing the individual should be gathering information that reflects the individual's daily life and how they are behaving in daily life. And this is typically done using questionnaires, interviews with parents and children, and the teacher, classroom observations for children, as well as looking at things like report cards and other documentation that may show a history of attention problems. So for the adults, the process would be similar, and it would also be important for the professional to interview, say, the adult's spouse, or maybe their siblings, or a parent, to get different perspectives about that person in daily life, as many individuals who have ADHD tend to under-report or downplay their symptoms, and many of them, uh, adults, have difficulty recalling their childhood. So sometimes it's important to uh, get another perspective in those situations. S uh, but I will speak a little bit here about testing. Additional testing may be necessary for certain individuals if the professional who's doing the assessment suspects that there may also be things like learning disabilities, autism, or intellectual disabilities. These disorders require standardized testing, such as intelligence tests, in order to diagnose them, whereas ADHD does not require such tests, because I said before, the criteria for ADHD are behavioral. Um, and it's important that professionals explore all of these areas, learning issues, um, possible intellectual disabilities, so as not to simply diagnose ADHD and miss another problem, such as a learning disability. And so the professional should be asking questions during the interview that would help them determine if standardized testing is necessary like I said, not to diagnose the ADHD, but to make sure that something else is not being missed, like a learning disability. Another point I'd like to make is if you are considering getting an assessment to look at possible ADHD, try to find a professional in your area who specializes in ADHD. This is particularly important if the presentation of the ADHD or the symptoms that you're seeing are less obvious 
or perhaps typical or what would be expected um, of someone who has the disorder. So we've talked about this also in previous episodes. Girls and people who have more of the inattentive presentation um, are more likely to be missed by professionals who may not understand the subtleties or the subtle differences in those individuals who present with attention problems. And for adults, it is very important to find someone who specializes in ADHD as it is still a problem that some mental health professionals either do not have training in adult ADHD or they may still believe that it is only a childhood disorder. So because of this lack of understanding of the disorder in adults uh, that continues in the mental health field, they may receive diagnoses of anxiety, depression, or bipolar, uh, among other diagnoses, and never really receive the proper treatment because, like I said earlier, the root cause of the symptoms hasn't really been identified. So those are things to consider. And the, other, the last point I'd like to make is to take advantage of the professional's knowledge of the disorder and ask a lot of questions. So this could be either throughout the assessment process or perhaps near the end when you're um, meeting with them to talk about the results of the assessment. Ask for resource, resources such as books, websites, community support groups. Talk to them about what the process looks like for getting help for your child from the school system. Uh, sometimes it's good for parents to take time doing some reading and some learning more about ADHD on their own and then perhaps booking a follow-up appointment down the road with the professional to ask more specific questions. Parents often find that they have more informed questions after taking some time to learn more about ADHD and then meeting with the professional that they had worked with. And if you would like more information about this topic, why diagnosis is important, um, you can visit the ADHDfamilies.ca website and if you go into the resource section, Navigating the School and Health System, there's a whole tab uh, titled that. And there are resources for deciding when to see a professional for assessment or perhaps therapy and what to expect when you see a professional, such as a psychologist, and other resources on what the process might look like after receiving a diagnosis, specifically how to work with the school to get things like supports and accommodations. So I hope our episode today was helpful for you. Uh, visit our website ADHDfamilies.ca for more of those resources, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. For more information about ADHD and how to help your child, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to 
ADHD families at canlearnsociety.ca.